Shall we? Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Jason Maletsky. And I'm Melanie Curtis. Our mission is to live, laugh, love, and learn together with you. Yes. We're here to create conscious connections, team. Heck yes. To grow and contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust. Trusting the entire journey. Thank you so much for joining us. If you want to connect with us anywhere else on the internet, you can find us at trustthejourney.today. That's our webpage, our main portal, where you can find everything, but it's also our handle on any of the social media feeds that you regularly frequent. Yeah, right on, family. Thank you guys so much for being with us. Here we go. All right. So team, in this episode, we are talking about time. We're talking about how we prioritize our time, how we put strong boundaries around it and make the most of it in the ways that we are called. Basically, we want to expand into a conversation on time and how we use ours. It's so poignant, right? I mean, there's nothing more precious in our, in our entire existence than the time we are given here. Yes. Yes. Um, I don't. I, now, let me, let me, let me get this to where I want it to be. Hold on. <laughs> I think one of the gifts that we're so lucky to have been given as skydivers is an acute awareness of how short and finite time is. Now, the reason I say that is because most people don't live under this premise of having absolute clarity of how long they have left. Right. And every time you step out of an aircraft, or in my case, off of a mountain, you have a very defined timeline available in front of you to cl completely clarifies what you have left to work with. And that's a very rare thing. It's not often in our life that we have that finite clarity of, of our existence. And I think it's one of the things that we, we maybe don't give it enough credit for its true value of, of what it uh, brings to the surface in us. But I love to celebrate the idea that what we tend to do as a default, when we truly allow ourselves to just recognize, okay, I've got 30 seconds to impact. What am I going to do with my 30 seconds? Am I going to scream and wail and freak out and panic? Or am I just going to be like, fuck yeah, woo, with all my best friends and like having the best time of my life. And I love to start this episode with that reminder because it does not matter to me if I know exactly how much time I have left or if I don't know exactly how much time I have left. I know that I have a finite amount of time, period. And I should practice carrying this enthusiasm about celebrating the time I have into every minute I've got. Yeah, it's insightful, that idea, because it's funny because I don't think I really thought about that a whole lot until you mentioned it in a different conversation other than today. Like I remember you saying that about that finite amount of time and having skydiving and base jumping as a real microcosm of that idea to show that to us very poignantly. Yeah, it's 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 weird because I 
I try to reflect on where I got my value of time, but like I definitely highly, highly value my time and and respect and value other people's time highly as well because of the high value I hold for it for myself. I equally give that to others. So I bring that up because I, I, I'm trying to go, where did I get that? You know, like, I'm like, where did that even come from in me? I, and I don't even know the answer. The truth is I don't even know. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Did you have it when you were younger? I don't know. That's the funniest thing. I'm like, did I? I, I don't, I can't quite recall a shift where I would point to is feeling clarity around what I'm doing with my time, like what I fill my time with and the value I attribute to that. So like that is pretty big for me and why I value time highly is because I'm, I have this awareness of, oh, I can use my time for X, Y, Z, A, B, C, whatever other things that I deem as high value in the world because I've done the work about what do I care about, core values, all the things that we've talked about many times. And so that the understanding of what I care to do in this world and what I feel purposeful around and stuff like that, that definitely translates into my value of time because I'm like, fuck yeah, I get to use my time doing this stuff that I believe in deeply. You know what I mean? And again, it's not like, oh, I'm walking around so deep all the time. Some of it is nonsense. And that's, <laughs> I believe just in, as deeply in nonsense as I do in anything else. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I absolutely. anyway, like yeah. that reflective moment, it's kind of like, huh, I don't think it really matters where it came from is the, is the end sentiment at the moment, I guess, because I do value my time highly. I do value others' time, other people's time highly. And I've, I'm excited that I feel happy and excited to use my time to its highest level. Does that make sense? For sure, for sure. And we've all seen the the script or the plot in the movie where somebody's kind of in like a a, di a, a hollow spot in their life. They're in a low point, right? They're in a valley and they're just kind of plodding through their existence. And all of a sudden they have something happen, some near-death experience or some life-changing epiphany occurs. And suddenly they go, holy smokes, I really have to get doing what I care about because I don't have very much time to do this yeah. left, you know? Totally. That's so fascinating, that whole phenomenon. When people are like rocked into like, oh, I better get my shit together oh, I want to use my life for something else other than this. That's pretty powerful stuff. I mean, I definitely have compassion for that experience people have of when they fear missing out, when they are... FOMO. Yeah, the FOMO experience of like, oh, God, am I... And the... I mean it more from the perspective of like an existential crisis of like, am I doing what I can with my life? Am I creating or being or making the most of myself? Am I reaching my highest potential? And I, I say that stuff, it sounds maybe sort of generic, but that 
is a sentiment. If I talk about collecting data from all of the life coaching sample sessions and coaching questionnaires that I've reached, uh, received from people who have done sessions with me over the decade I've been doing that work, that's a, an answer that comes up a lot is like, I'm fearful that I, I'm cons like, the question is, what are uh, some concerns that you might have about life? And that concern comes up a lot. Am I going to reach my highest potential? Am I making the most out of my time here on this earth or whatever? That's like a significant thing that people ponder. You just said you're not deep all the time. I know, but I'm <laughs> just saying. Like way, way down to the core there. I'm like, holy smokes, talk about deep. It's true Damn, though. Am I going like to make that, the most out of my life? It shows up really <laughs> legit for people. It's like a total question. People come and come to me and struggle with i mean i've certainly pondered that question as well which is why i'm like oh i have such deep gratitude when i feel connected to something purposeful i'm like okay who you're like relieved of that worry for for a moment when you feel like you're doing something valuable with your life that's like the biggest argument that there possibly is to do change whatever it is that you're doing that you don't care about to, and just work on whatever it is that you do care about even if it doesn't mean that you, you're gonna necessarily know like right now what the value is or how it's gonna work financially or whatever, but like just put start doing what you love doing because time's gonna run out and you're gonna have missed your chance. So, so like depressing almost. <laughs> <laughs> but how about this? Have you already thought about things that you no longer can do anymore? Like, like I'm... I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I don't know that that's some, I've passed the point for a few things. There's things that are gone. I can't go back to being 20 and do things yeah. the way I could then, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. That's an interesting frame on it too. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we could go easily down that rabbit hole big time. The interesting other side of it, the less deep as it were, you know, the more how do we use our time more functionally, uh, actively, whatever. I think about the time value and I think about, okay, I use a lot of my time because I care about it so much, I use it. And so then inevitably life delivers some something, some occurrence, whether it's some emotional challenge or whether it's some literal change in logistics or whatever that impacts the amount of time and energy you you then are having. So as meaning, I use all my time basically to the edges as much as I can. And I've learned over time that then I don't have a buffer for life to happen. So if something Margin. happens, like right now I'm moving, for example, and our place is a fucking disaster because we're in the moving, clearing, purging phase, which is good, but it's like this huge additional project on top of running a business, being a person, having relationships, yada, 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 right? And so I'm finding myself feeling overwhelmed and having to really work my emotional skills and time management skills, which by the way, not doing perfectly, to <laughs> to like try to manage all of this stuff that I feel like I quote have to do. So like 
that's a that's I feel like a common pain point for people with time as well feeling like they don't have enough time they don't have enough time to do all the things that they quote have to do what would you say to that pain point I can absolutely identify with it and it's a prioritization game right you're like what's most important to me right now and where do I really have to put my value return for the time I'm putting into things and I think that when we're younger at least for me I found that when I was younger it was easier for me to prioritize things because my set of needs was different I could prioritize things that were a lot more um, vague as far as not really defining something so I could be live with a lot less money I could live with a lot less security I could live with a lot less known kind of what's happening for my my well-being in the future or my home these kinds of things I could just roam a little more and be comfortable with that and as I've gotten older I feel like yeah I want more security in my finances I want more security in my living arrangements I want more you know better investments into my relationships so all these things have to have commitments that go along with them and they eat up time so you have to invest the investment is time that's what we that's our true investment in life is only one thing and that's time right yes and one of the things that i really feel like you know to really hit home on your point there is i found that as a younger person you know under 30 I didn't have to invest specifically focused time around like physical fitness because it came naturally, it just happened. I was just fit because of my activity level. But as I've gotten older, that prioritization of value return is like, if I don't make a point to have daily exercise and make that priority over anything else I have to do, then just my state of being is so affected by it that it's become this like shifting of priorities within my own self that I don't really get a choice about. If I don't re respond and recognize that that's a variable that's within my control to choose into, and if I don't and I choose out of it, then I choose out of whole wellness. Yes. Yeah? Definitely. So Same. That's a like that's the piece that really sinks in with me is starting to recognize i'm like oh i can't just leave my calendar with like big blocks of vacant space on it because i'm a wanderer or a drifter or i like to be able to like go with my emotions of how i feel at a time i have to put in a lot more dedicated like like you said like really fill the spaces with clarity to understand what i'm going to be accomplishing with each hour in my day so that i'm able to receive the return on that in my day my day to day feels so much better if what i did yesterday truly has a value return for the energy that went in yeah and i i think it's it's this kind of rollover effect Right? Yeah, definitely. And to speak to the thing I was saying before where I end up in overwhelm or or people who end up in overwhelm, I've definitely had to learn over time and multiple experiences with overwhelm and overload and that type of stuff, like true overachieving, true overdoing, like like too much doing, right? So 
that's certainly part of my own spiritual growth and healing is is really and truly being and practicing presence and really understanding the value of my own self-care honoring my own needs and how to spend my time and when I truly need to say no to other people. And like we talk about boundaries on our time, that was a big one for me because I would always feel a lot of inspiration usually to do something or say yes to something. But in my youth, that was tainted by people pleasing and overachieving as a an avenue to self-worth right so those types of pieces where we tend to grow out of those into our more adult chapters it's how does that then show up on the calendar you know what i mean like that's a good question like how does that actual piece of healing going oh cool i don't have to say yes to everyone i don't have to people please my way through life oh i don't have to do everything I can also choose self-care because that to me is now, oh, I get that that is how I sustainably stay in action and stay in purposeful action, which is what I actually care about. That's the big, that's the big one, right? Like that's the same point that I was touching on with having to choose, like not really having a choice if I really want to extract the full value from the time that I have in my day in my week month year or in the rest of this life i have to prioritize clear-headedness sharp thinking structure to support all the elements that i want to have in my life and that foundational level of prioritization and for me there's like a few really right at the baseline that like these get my time no matter what and that's self-care creating firm boundaries around myself to say that's me just doing my thing and not being available when I'm not available because I have to be whole. And that includes the exercise, that includes the creative work, the meaningful, deep, valuable work like this podcast that gives me a spiritual return for the effort that goes into it. And along with, so there's a note in there is it's creative. The creativity piece of that is this, this show is the prime example. Like we're just winging it every single time, you know? So it's completely creative on the net. It's right here in the moment of now. And that presence in this moment of just being present in our own consciousness for this one hour, every time that we record a show is really just saying, I'm just going to be really tuned into this moment right here and have a deep meaningful conversation with somebody who enjoys deep meaningful conversations and we're just gonna do that yeah and that's so valuable to me i was literally walking through my kitchen earlier today thinking i love deep meaningful conversations (laughs) (laughs) and then we dive in we dive in like head first we don't even put our hands above our head we just dive in and there's no water in the pool. I know. It's like, <laughs> like deep end, boom. <laughs> so At least we're in that, it together. That um, personal time that's just for me, that deeply connective time, that physical engagement of the body, 
uh, creating a, a mind state of wellness and health and that deep, meaningful work in all the areas, right? Like the work, this, the creation of everything in life, it's, it's in the physical realm, it's in the working with others realm, and it's in the working on myself or realm as well, or anything that I might do individually. And I think that I'm really coming to this realization that one of the reasons that as humans, why do people go to work? Why do people want to build corporations? Why do we invest all this energy into, into doing stuff? And it's because it's good for us. Yeah. It's truly good for us to work hard. It, it, what, it's what grows our brains. It's what gives us the feeling of going to bed at night and feeling like we, we can go to sleep easily because we've worked so hard. I laugh about that as the entrepreneur, like as on the entrepreneurial side of the house, I was recently having a conversation with a client about this. And because that is like a different level, I feel like of having your shit together with your time and how you spend your energy only because it's all on you. I bring it up because it's all on you theoretically as a business owner and uh, like the engine behind something continuing. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's fascinating that whole interplay of creativity, self-care, actually hunkering down, doing the work, doing stuff you don't necessarily feel comfortable doing. Like for example, I feel like I'm in a phase in my business where I'm growing, which is normal. So there's nothing monumental about that share. But I, I say that in the sense that I'm growing as a speaker. I'm working toward that end, right? And so there's this like unknown period. There's this open period of, of growth into that new realm. And I believe in that. I believe in that growth piece as a huge imperative piece of my business and i mean i mean that like my work continuing to have electricity in it enliveningness in it because that's me basically living and growing and standing for what i stand for and being an example and to myself and others and the whole thing right anyway i i bring that up because it's a part of time and energy spent so it's like, okay, I'm in this part where I'm used to my business sort of rocking and rolling in this sort of zone. I do this stuff that's easy for me to execute. I can execute, execute, execute. And then you enter in a growth phase when you're not sure how much time and energy it's going to take. And so it's, again, this sort of new thing that comes into our lives that we then are basically, I, where I'm going with this is we're essentially in a consistent recalibration of how we are spending our time and our energy and where we're prioritizing it and where we're putting boundaries around it. So yeah, those core things of self-care, yeah, yeah, yeah. But life is so in and out and all around, it also makes sense that we wouldn't necessarily ever have a firm hold on what those things are. So I, I say that to support people who feel like, fuck, Mel and Jay have it all together. They know what they're doing. Um, I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want us to sound like we always are feeling super confident in our choices. It's that that's not the case a lot of the times, too, and that's normal. I'm totally winging it. <laughs> I'm totally winging it. 
and oh, learning man. from my mistakes. So totally. You know, it's just a process of of t- just trying stuff. Yeah. And if it works, great. If it fails, even better. Yeah. Because then I know what not to do the next time. You know. Amen. And, um, hey, that, freaking man. Yeah. Right. Oh my like, god. Oh, cool. It's... I'm not doing that again. You know. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm gonna do that other one that worked well, and I'm gonna try it a little differently to see if I can make it work better. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Iteration, as we've said a million times, which is so real. Well, I just had a conversation this morning, and it was talking about. Um, you know, creating a system of metrics to measure performance over a period of time. And I was laughing because I'm like, it's kind of ridiculous because if we make a set of rules now to measure something a year from now to see how it performed, the variables will have changed Mm -hmm. over the year. And it doesn't matter what your area that you're trying to measure is there's some element of change that's going to happen during that time so a year from now if i use the set of metrics that i created to measure what's occurred it's only actually measuring based off of my previous version that would have been more accurate say if i measured last year based off the metrics now but if i try to measure next year off the same metrics it doesn't take into consideration the variables and the changes that are going to occur in that time and we were saying you know it was like oh when we get to the final version i'm like what's the final version you mean when we're dead you know <laughs> because that's the end like that's the final version that's the one that you finished with you <laughs> <Right>. know <laughs> when we're until dead. then it's it's iphone 7 iphone 8 iphone 9 it's j9 j10 j11 you know <laughs> j11 is a good model that's cool yeah sweet. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, back to sort of just actionable items too. I definitely notice when I am more organized and my organizational system is functioning and I'm using it and I'm engaging it regularly with frequency, that helps me use my time optimally. So the calendar and my task list and having that populated and my literal physical space, just organization as a whole. And I, I've said this before, but I, I'm cool with getting a little disorganized in some creative things and then getting reorganized and then getting a, working, working and doing some stuff and then getting reorganized. Like that's sort of my jam. And Jay's giving a double thumbs up. Yeah. And so anyway, I just want to say that because I notice the impact of disorganization on my ability to optimally use my time and optimally function. So I just Absolutely. highlight that as like when you're disorganized, it might behoove you to organize yourself as a piece of time management. Absolutely. I can't um, reinforce that enough and just completely stand behind that statement that if you spend the time valuable investment of time putting organization into place for yourself with regularity then so you maintain like a kind of a status quo of what an acceptable level of organization is then it's so much more efficient and effective with how time is implemented it's just as simple as having a place to put everything where everything goes so that you know where to find it. Because if you have to spend 30 seconds looking for something, that's 30 seconds of your life that went to looking for something rather than going to get something. And those 
add up to minutes and they add up to hours and they add up to weeks and years. And I'm like, man, I could spend so much time looking for stuff and just trying to find things. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so true. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't ever really thought about that, but that's legit. That's like so, so on point. I'm thinking even more just like, yeah, I end up getting derailed. And then, you know, the distraction piece of disorganization is also very time consuming. You know, that's another thing about social media. If we were to talk about social media and how we spend our time, I definitely absolutely need to check myself on the social media engagement because it's easy for me to be like, it's work, it's work, right? And just spend too much of my life doing that, you know, versus saying, I'm going to not be on Facebook at all from this hour to this hour. That tends to work for me sometimes to detox for from digital can, engagement. Can you set times for when you're going to say, make posts or check on messages or whatever, like once in the morning, once in the afternoon kind of thing and yeah. like have windows that are dedicated to that? I, I sure, I'm sure like, I am sure I could. I don't think I've ever done that. I feel like I do better with like saying, you're not allowed to go on Facebook or Instagram at all during this giant time window. And then I get a lot done in that time window. And then I just create the post if I'm inspired on the other ends of that. So I guess it's it's the same thing, but I think about it as you're not allowed, and it, but it works for me in this particular case because I feel like it's a good thing that I'm you know saying no and I do I do good with hard do well with hard lines for me too like hard for commitments sure. that's a huge one for me as well I have to, I've been really working on some stuff for myself and and going deeply back and forth about like can I manage myself with like a little bit of distraction or is, is it become a lot of distraction or do I just lose the plot because there's too much stuff going on or am I really being productive with my time and I'm going to share one that I'm quite astounded by. Um, I took my speakers and my music stuff away from my desk and I moved it so that my working area that we're sitting in right now doesn't have my music equipment. And I've stopped listening to music while working. Mm -hmm. And I've found that my productivity has increased a lot. Oh, cool. And in a sense where what would happen when I'm listening to, and I don't limit myself when I'm in other situations, you know, like if I'm working in the garage or I'm running around the house doing organizing like laundry and house cleaning, cooking dinner, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff for sure. You know, I, in, I let music come in there, but I've found that my, my chatter level of focus, like, because I'm so passionate about music, I love it that it will override my prioritization of time inside of a time when I need to be writing or editing or on a phone call or being productive with emails or, you know, dedicating my time to some other need that requires me to be focused on that one thing. So that's been a really interesting epiphany for me over the last while, because in previous years, there's no way I would sacrifice my ability to be like ah, casual about my time. You know, I want to listen to music while I work because it motivates me. Right. Actually, after having a good objective look at it, more of the time it actually distracted me than actually kept me on my task. Oh, and that's such a 
good thing to bring up that honest assessment of what we are doing. You know what I mean? Like the honest assessment of what's working and what's not. You know what I mean? And that that touches the organization point for me because I can certainly just keep going, just keep going, just keep going, you know, and not circle back. But I've learned over the years that that does not serve me. It does not serve me to just keep going and let things be sort of feeling chaotic around me. It needs to, at some point, re-support me and that it's worth taking the time to do that. But yeah, I tend to listen to podcasts off and on with my work. It depends on what I'm doing and how much focus I need. You know what I mean? Like if I'm writing client emails or something like that or writing uh, my column or a blog post or whatever, I tend to not have verbal content coming in. But I will say that listening to podcasts is such feels so productive to me in those in-between times when I'm doing other things. I feel really good about that. Like I'm continuing voraciously, continuing to educate myself every single day, listening to high achievers and thought leaders and audiobooks and all this stuff that really makes me feel like I'm magnifying the use of my time when I'm doing other things that don't really require my mental presence. It's a, it's multitasking, yeah. right? Like th this is where we're really getting into multitasking as, as a function of how we're applying our time. And I'm on the exact same page as you. If I have to drive, like, drive to the dentist or I'm heading out to go do a workout, Every morning I push play as I get out of bed, walk out the door and I listen to an audiobook or a podcast or music. And the same thing if I'm driving anywhere or if I'm doing redundant tasks uh, around the house, you know, anything that I can take in a shower. I have a Bluetooth speaker in the bathroom cool. and I head to the bathroom to brush my teeth and take a shower and the Bluetooth speaker's running and I'm listening to an audiobook or a podcast. Nice. And taking double advantage, like I'm going to go right now. I'm going to go answer the door while Mel handles the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Jay's in the, uh, <laughs> we're in the real, real world here. I love that. We've always said that we were going to do like, you know, uh, what's it called? Solo episodes, maybe if the other person was traveling or <laughs> it's kind of funny looking into his empty, empty video screen. Yeah, I kind of don't want to even say anything until he gets back because then I'll have to repeat it and you guys will have to hear it twice. Oh my God, I'm in this moment. <laughs> I kind of love that we're chatting without him. <laughs> Multitasking today. We just had the like most pleasant chat, the podcast peeps and I did, the fam. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't even know where you what you were talking about because I was having my moment. Multitasking. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that I think goes back to the overwhelm too. One of the other things that I wrote down to share was, and I want to go back to the time story of like, I don't have time. I hear that a lot. Oh, I don't have time. Or people might in the back of their mind in a blind spot, they might have some story about time. We all have some story that we are telling ourselves about time. And a lot of times 
that story is something like, I don't have time. Like meaning I don't have enough time to do all of the things that perceptively we believe we have to do. And so that's a bigger conversation too about what we do need to spend our time on and what we want to spend our time on and all of that. But let's just say for argument's sake, we have a list of responsibilities, we have family, we have our job, we have our whatever we put on the list, self-care, some kind of entertainment, whatever. I used to consistently get overwhelmed by this because I was professionally skydiving full-time, traveling the world, the whole thing. And I, I believe I've shared this before, but just to revisit it, because I think it's a powerful set of affirmations, is I was doing the whole pro skydiving thing, traveling, 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 and then coming home and trying to build this life coaching business. I basically had no time at all for myself at all. And that doesn't even, I haven't even touched on the personal life. That's just my professional life. And it was overly crazy and exhausting. And I was consistently feeling like I didn't have time, was consistently feeling overwhelmed and exhausted, even though everything I was choosing to do with my time was something I wanted to do. So anyway, long story short, I came up with a series of affirmations to support myself where I said, it. it's a, whole four-part thing because I couldn't basically get it to one but it was I'm gonna forget what it is now that I have now that I've built it up oh my god it's like I always so I always have time for what's really important so meaning oh my god I'm I feel like I'm gonna forget how it goes I'm going to say it. I feel like I have this moment right now on the podcast where I'm like, I'm going to say this and it's not going to be the right or <laughs> order of things. I did that. I do that all the oh time. Oh my I God. Had a student, I had a student recently and I, I've had a mantra that I've used for decades yeah. and I used it, a ten, I don't know, 10,000 times. Yeah. I've repeated that mantra and I forgot. I know. And I stumbled over it and I'm like, that's exactly what was that I that right I used now. to say right now? <laughs> Basically... Very long story short, the piece that I cared to share about today was the was that piece that I just shared of I always have time for what's really important. So as in, I could, if I needed to go and do something with my family or something that really mattered to me, I could drop everything else. And I could drop everything else and it would be fine. So I really have time. I always have time for what's really important. You know what I mean? And so that was like the starting point of this affirmation, which helped me feel less overwhelmed of like, cool, if shit hit, really hit the fan, I, I could just, I could drop everything. And that just for some reason supports me out of this like tension around, I don't have time, which is just not true. It's our choice, right? Yeah. Every, everything is our choice about how we choose to prioritize our time. And I, I so I'm looking at myself so, so, uh, <laughs> externally inward right now you know and 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 looking at some previous versions of myself and going really you were really <laughs> prioritizing you know this over this in your life that was more important to you that you that you could waste time essentially on on that value comparison you know and i'll just laugh and it sometimes it's stressful i think to to have the kind of the pressure that we put on ourselves to use all of our time effectively or to 
you know, value all of our time when sometimes the greatest value of time is just in spending it with others, Yeah. you know, and just not having a hard list of what needs to occur in that time, you know, putting firm boundaries around a period of time that you're going to connect with, with people that are important to you. And I think that's the same sentiment that you were just touching on with your, your share there in that, you know, this is a thing that you would do with a loved one of friends or family, or even for yourself to say, you know what, I'm going to put firm boundaries around this space in my life or this part of my life that's finite and I'm going to choose to spend it however in order to have that experience and there's so much value to that yeah I love the idea of putting ourselves in the list of loved ones for so long I disconnected that you know what I mean disconnected that not that I didn't like but it was that real true separateness of oh there are my loved ones but I love the idea from a self-care perspective if if we're trying to prioritize that we need to care about it aka we need to really have ourselves in that collective of loved ones you know I'm a loved one will I drop everything for something I need yes I will you know that's powerful stuff when we tend to be the more people pleasing, nurturing. I'm going to spend my time on others. I'm going to spend my energy outwardly facing. It it makes a difference in my experience to do that. You know what's an interesting one for me that I I, I I've always known it. It's it's very 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 relevant in my life, and I I wouldn't sacrifice it for. Oh, I mean, it's a definite like, man, I, my life choices are highly rooted around this value of time. And that's time spent outside, time spent in natural settings, yeah. like really time in nature has this, I can't even think of quantifying the value. It's, it's equally valuable to the entirety of my life. You know, if I was going to say how valuable is any, the most invaluable time in my life, I would put, I, I can't separate them. I'd have to say time invested in myself, spending time, especially in, in beautiful settings that aren't, haven't been, you know, uh, greatly affected by our influence yet. That return on that investment is like, it's a winning stock, Yeah. you know? Well, you know, what's cool about that and, and how we as we've done the podcast and the things have stuck out, I, I can't remember what episode we talked about this, but how it always stands out for me as connection, right? Other people, I really value that time with others, as you were saying. And it's a cool thing to reflect on, I think. Like I'm desiring more and more in my life to spend time in nature. I think I... I mean, maybe it's an unconscious influence from you, which I would be cool. That's awesome. I, I my point is, it's just happening. I'm just I'm just sharing that I feel more called to be in nature, to do whatever things, hikes or just retreats or whatever, and that's cool. What I think is most interesting is that in general, there's been a relative imbalance in my life on that. Like I haven't 
I don't have tons and tons of time in nature in my life experiences box. You know what I'm saying? And so I like that I'm leaning into that a bit more, not to necessarily achieve balance, but to have my time spent in new ways where I might glean new insight and new a sense of support from the world or whatever, whatever I might get from that experience, you know, the fact that you echo it as super, super high value just makes me feel better about that. But I, in terms of time allocation, if I look at the big picture of my life, I'm now at this, in this phase of my life, leaning more and more into that natural side of life. I'll remind you that you may be overlooking that you have a large amount of your time spent in the sky. True. And that's a very, very expansive space in our existence here on this planet. The, the time in the sky to me that I've, I've valued that as an, um, again, like we're so lucky to, so blessed to have even the opportunity to spend time in the sky as a potential, yeah. like never mind hours or days or weeks or whatever the total cumulative amount of time spent in the sky. I can't even think about adding up how many, how many total hours of my life have just been spent up above the earth. You know, know. oh my gosh. It's... I love that vantage point of yeah, elevation. Oh, to this yeah. day, you know, it's, it's interesting. When I go skydiving now, the skydive itself is often with others, almost always with others. And so that's a more connective, fun experience. And then when I'm under canopy, when my parachute is open and I've cleared my airspace and I'm safe and my parachute's functioning such that I'll be able to land, I uh, almost always, and I didn't used to do this that much, but I more and more will be like, and I'll like look out on the horizon more and more than I ever used to in my younger skydiving years. And I just love those moments where I'm up there and I'm just seeing that the beautiful view, it doesn't even matter where you are. Like it could be the coast of some place. It could be the green fields of some other place. It could, you know, it just doesn't, in my experience, matter. It's stunning and beautiful and wonderful that moment. That's a presence thing, right? Yeah. That's the now moment. You know, I, I really have a, a, a lot of uh, appreciation and gratitude for the ability to just kind of reel in all thoughts of what might be coming in the future or what has happened in the past and really just be observational to this existence. And that time of, and I feel like w one of the things that, uh, that nature does for me is helps me to extract myself from being forward, you know, future or past versions of self. And it really grounds me in, in this now, especially I feel like the natural environments, um, that are less friendly, like, you know, you, you just can't just be there. You have to sustain yourself there. So like sitting on top of a mountain is a temporary thing. Being in the sky is a temporary thing. Being in the ocean, temporary thing in the middle of the desert forest these places have a there's a different value to time because it's not like you can just sit on your couch for a week and be a potato and 
you're not going to be threatened by anything other than you're, you know, getting overweight and becoming diabetic or whatever from not moving, you know. But when you're out in these natural settings, there is a difference. Like our our relationship to our own existence changes. And I feel like that shift of self-awareness puts us more into a present moment. And that doesn't only happen in natural settings. It happens in a lot of different ways. But I think when I, it can be, um, you know, it, spending time with a loved one is another example of how we, we shift out of forward or back and we shift into being present. Yes. And I think this is a big piece of this conversation as a whole with regards to like the concept of valuing time choosing to use it in ways where we're going to see the value in the now uh, and where it's going to pay dividends in the future and where we if we were to look back at our past we were would be happy about the choices that we made about how we've spent our time yeah yeah oh gosh you want to hear something funny no i remember <laughs> <laughs> I remembered the four, the series of four. Overwhelm is an illusion. I am grateful for, or no, I always have time for what's really important. I am grateful for this period in my life, AKA gratitude and the temporary nature of the period that we're in. And I am grateful for this moment. So if I jump to, I am grateful for this moment to the instant presence, it was too big of a leap for me it didn't help me get from that overwhelmed fear state of I don't have time, I'm overwhelmed, I don't have time to do everything. I needed to go through, I always have time for what's really important, I can drop everything. I am grateful for this period in my life, it won't be forever, nothing is. And I am grateful for this moment, which really grounded me in the present. I'm gonna take us right back to the beginning of the episode cool. because I feel like you just circled us all the way around again with that. And it's about the having the ability to recognize the finite available uh, existence that we have. And what happens when uh, we, <laughs> we always have time, we always have time is like if we get sick, Yep. We have, we don't get a choice. Yeah. Time, time is happening, you know? And I really feel like as we get older, we become more and more attuned to that finite amount of availability, you know, especially as you know, you hit some mid points in our forecasted lifespan, you know, and you're like, oh man, I'm on the other side of the middle, yeah. you know, or I'm thinking about the back half of the journey and that's really telling, but we never know when that's going to change. Like it, you can be fine one day and the next day you're like, uh Oh, you know, suddenly have this clear mark or, or a potential mark ahead that's changed our total scale. So I wanted to mention this as a general concept within our, our conversation about time, not being linear, you know, because we're taught that time is linear. We're taught that it, starts and it travels at a certain speed and it stops 
Everything I've observed in my life is contradictory to that. I haven't seen anything that tells me that time is linear. <laughs> time keeps going faster and faster and faster the longer I've been here. Years and minutes and days just blink by so quickly. And the experiences of spending time in worlds like flying or skydiving or base jumping completely distort time as well as you know uh, psychedelic experiences and just having no reference to the amount of thought that you can have in just a few moments exactly. which feels like a lifetime of experience mm -hmm. so i don't buy into the concept that time is linear and i'm going to read a uh quote from albert einstein because it's one of my favorites it's been on my profile for decades and it says, gravitation cannot be held responsible for people falling in love. How on earth can you explain in terms of chemistry and physics so important a biological phenomenon as first love? Put your hand on a stove for a minute and it seems like an hour. Sit with that special girl or someone for an hour and it seems like a minute. That's relativity. Nice. It's one of my favorites because it's so true. I mean, we can count every second trying to get done with our work day and just painfully dragging out our life, you know, or our moments of, you know, bliss can be clicking by so quickly because they're so valuable to us. And it's all about the, the value that we assign to it. Agreed. Definitely. The value we assign calls us to use our consciousness if we are working in this plane. You know what I mean? In this plane where we do go to work, where we have relationships, where we see each other like this and all of that stuff, if we're working here, then yeah, we can put our consciousness to use and decide what matters to us and why and that's it's an interesting thing because you mentioned earlier in the episode too about someone might have a near-death experience or some some like earth-shaking experience that redirects their focus or magnifies their understanding or value of time such that they change their actions or change their choices and so i think there's a question around well what if what if that never happens to a person? How do they, how do we, you know what I mean? Thoughtfully consider and create our own stakes in the ground because that is gutsy shit, right? When we're forced, we are forced because something has occurred. You know what I mean? But I almost think about the person who's just like, well, mm, you know what I mean? And having to really do work around what would my stake in the ground be and try to go in search of that. You know, I think about that as myself in the cubicle at the investment bank. And again, no judgment on that, none, zip. Because I know some people feel real true peace and contentment and security and, and value in those roles. And I totally applaud that. It's just for me, it was clearly not a fit and it, was one of those things I could have easily, easily continued down that road. Theoretically. You know what I mean? It 
the thing is that it's kind of doesn't make any difference of what you choose to do. It's if you're working with people that have the same values and you're working with people that are passionate about what they're doing and you're able to be passionate about what you love and something that engages you and it really doesn't matter what it is that you're doing if you're being completely engaged and honest and real and just pouring yourself into whatever you're doing then it's valuable work yeah totally agreed i'm really talking about the people who don't feel that the people who don't feel that oh, we've who all are been there right huh we've all been there yeah yeah we've all been there and so inviting people to go there is we can take actions to enlighten ourselves when life isn't punching us in the chin. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> You're laughing. I've got to hear that. I'm laughing because I'm like, would you like fries with that? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the thing is, I got I to gotta tell a little story. I was at this restaurant and it's a burger joint, right? It's a kind of a cool burger joint though. And this guy... There, he was clearing tables and bringing ketchup out and doing stuff. I've never met a happier person in my life. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. He was enthralled. And we got into a conversation for a solid five minutes because he was just super stoked. And I'm like, how long have you been doing this? He's like, 10 years. Wow. And he loves it because he just talks to people and he just has a good time and he sees smiling faces and people love French fries. So he's like, yeah, you want some salt? Here, ketchup. You know, like. Amazing. Yeah, it was so great. And I I mean, comparatively, we place value, right? Like he valued the opportunity to do something super simple, easily achievable by most any of us, but takes that really simple pleasure in something that mostly is about connection. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's amazing. And that's totally, absolutely, I agree. And completely that no matter what we're doing if we're feeling whole and full and excited and enlivened and grateful and all the things to be there then then fuck yeah no matter what it is that's awesome yeah it's i guess it's more going back to the time story and if like if we do have limited time and we're wanting to value it and we it's just just a call to assess where we are and what we're doing when we don't feel those things. If you're not feeling enlivened, motivated, connected, purposeful, whatever it is, just take a look and maybe there's a choice to be made to redirect, you know, your life however big or small that redirection might be, but it might serve you in terms of how you feel you are spending your time. That's that's why I bring that up for sure. I want to caveat that with small steps yeah any little tiny effort towards creating a valuable investment of time it doesn't have to be a flip a like a, a close a book open a book we can simply open like write a new thing on a new line somewhere and be like i'm going to start doing one other little tiny thing differently about how i'm using my time and evaluate it how does it go you know do i like how this is feeling do i want to do more things like this or do i want to try something and go, eh, i'm not really digging on that toss it i'm going to try something else in this period of time or you know give things a chance and be open to trying new things and changing and making beautiful mistakes and happy accidents and you know figuring out where we really get value out of our time i love that 
make beautiful mistakes. Oh, it's so true. I love that. I'm taking that. I'm going to experiment forward. <laughs> We're going into our experiment. What are we sharing? I am taking a nugget of insight that Jay Maletsky said in a podcast that we were recording, and it was called <laughs> Beautiful Mistakes. I love that. I love that. Oh, my God. I'm trying to think about what am I experimenting with. I mean, not that we need to stop the time conversation. Is there anything else that you want to say on oh, that? Let's, I feel pretty let's wrap it up because I actually do have very, very structured use of my time right now. Woo! And that is what I'm doing. My thing that I'm doing right now, and this is something I clarified for myself verbally with my therapist recently and and in a couple of my support teams, you know, I have my coach in my physical side of things and I have my therapist in my mental side of things. And I'm like, right now, not trying anything new. I'm just doing what I've been doing a lot more yeah. and I'm going to keep refining it a little bit and tuning it a little bit. So my personal thing I'm doing right now is just kind of running the program, repeating the structure, staying on task, staying on point, and making little edits here and there to really find the kind of my happy place within the processes that I have in place and not adding new things to my plate and not really removing anything, just staying with what I've got and being objectively observant to that and editing. Nice. I love that. I will very quickly share that I am more intentionally practicing patience. As I have multiple and many irons in the fire, many things outstanding, many open loops, and in this, and I echoed it in the episode, you know, can feel like on the brink of overwhelm at this in this busy period of my business and life and sort of just me like messy part of my life. The patience and presence has been, I've been intentionally practicing that. It's definitely helping already, and I'm continuing that practice, and I will report back. That was going to be my other suggestion for what we could talk about on this episode. <laughs> yeah. It'll be the next, well, next episode, we'll do a deep dive. <laughs> patience. Well, I love it, guys. Thank you, as always, for being with us for sharing, for, you know, really, if you hear something that you think someone could benefit from, from this, this episode, take the link, share it with them personally. You don't have to share it on social media. You can if you're inspired. Sometimes that direct share can be even more impactful. But really, thank you guys for being here as always. Yeah, if, um, if you guys want to join our um, Trust the Journey family, this is an option where we're, we're consciously creating connections and cultivating a, a family of people that are on the same page who really want to feel safe, to be vulnerable and support each other. And I'm just so proud of our group and the way that it's taking shape right now and how everybody's just stepping into themselves and putting their struggles out there and putting their successes out there. And so we'd like to invite you to be part of that. And if you join our Patreon community, you'll be able to have access to that. And it just takes a small donation every month that's of your choice of how much you want it to be, whatever suits you. And if you want to support us just by listening, that's absolutely the first step and the most everybody is welcome to listen. It's free for everyone. We love yeah, you. Guys, yeah, guys, echo all of that. Join us if you want. Keep listening, whatever. Thank you, as always, for being with us in all the ways that you are. We love you. And remember, keep, 
Keep laughing, keep loving, and keep trusting the journey. Yeah. <laughs>